Chapter 11 Walking Talking Trees Getting back to the dragon and her crafty wiles in the Garden of Eden, and after her defeat and humiliation, she knew, that is, the dragon, that going after the apples of the Creator's eye would be the greatest and sweetest revenge. If she could destroy everything the Creators are trying to do, she would be successful. You see, she understands the Creators are creating an eternal family, under whose authority she and her animals, that her angelic peers, would be. Not only the authority of the creators themselves, but their children as well. That's a concept many of the angels simply cannot abide. Bottom line, the reality of outside influence upon humanity is far more real than most could ever imagine. It's that reality this book endeavors to expose for anyone inclined to be interested in such things. In fact, understanding a transdimensional relationship is the key to finding true happiness, not to mention love, prosperity, peace, and, of course, immortality. Remember, true immortality means never being required to experience death, not the so-called life after death, which I myself experienced many times. Getting back to the story of the Garden of Eden in Genesis 2, we see where the Creators created a man, naming him Adam, and then a wife for him, apparently from Adam's rib, which Adam then named Eve. Again, in this garden were two trees, which according to the context represented two opposing ways of living and choices. According to the Creator's instructions, or Torah, those two choices ultimately reaped for them either immortality on the one side or death on the other. The first choice offered was called the Tree of Life. This was the tree they were told they could freely partake which would reap them, among other things, immortality. But as we'll see, this tree was not a literal tree, but a powerful being. Then on the other side, the other tree in the middle of the garden, which they were warned not to partake, this tree was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Partaking of this tree, they were warned, would reap them certain death. The most common or traditional way of viewing these two trees is that both were literal physical trees. This is where the common belief that the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was an apple. Unfortunately, there is no indication anywhere in the ancient writings the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was an apple tree at all. Again, the preponderance of scriptural evidence, coupled with common sense, indicates these trees were not literal trees at all. In support of that conclusion, Ezekiel 31 refers to those trees in the garden as if they were living beings versus physical trees. It speaks of one tree in the garden of Yahweh that was greater than all the others, of which the other trees were jealous. But how can literal physical trees express jealousy? We can be sure that tree the others were jealous of was none other than the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, i.e. the dragon. As this narrative in Ezekiel 31 explains, this great tree was lifted up in its height, that is, proud because of its pride. Remember Ezekiel 28, and then because of its pride was driven out. Since when can a literal tree become evil or proud and be driven anywhere? Another indication the trees of the garden were metaphors for living beings is Adam and Eve's reaction to partaking of that forbidden tree. In fact, after partaking of that tree, one thing's for sure, it left Adam and Eve suddenly very aware and ashamed of their sexuality, to the point of covering their private parts. But how could eating a supposed piece of fruit, such as an apple, cause, cause such a strange and radical reaction? What exactly did partaking of this tree actually entail?
Obviously, this supposed tree gave them a whole new perspective of themselves and their sexuality. The shocking truth involved in that episode is quite a story, but in all honesty, what other than a sexual experience could result in such a reaction of shame, prompting them to cover themselves, as they did. For a more detailed analysis of that story, see the grand transdimensional delusion. The point of this dissertation is to simply expose the reality of the spirit realm and its influence upon man and womankind. Keeping that in mind, let's continue with the garden story. Again, the two special trees in the garden were obviously not physical trees, but metaphor. In fact, one of the meanings of trees is mighty ones. That's exactly what these were, the mightiest on the good side and the most powerful on the evil side. And that unseen battle between the two powers has been raging ever since. We began by examining these trees, beginning with the so-called tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or Nahash, which we're told was the craftiest of all the beasts of the field. Obviously, it is not being compared to the average horse or cow or dog. No, this was an extremely intelligent being, angel or Nahash, actually. Nahash is a class of angels also referred to as burning ones, like such as the seraphim described in the first few chapters of Ezekiel. What this creature was not was a snake. A serpent is what it or its prodigy was cursed to become after what it did to Adam and Eve. It obviously had wings and legs before the curse, considering Ezekiel 28 tells us it was a cherub or a Nahash that covered Yahweh's throne with its wings. Again, we're told in verse 1 of Genesis 3, it was the craftiest of all the beasts of the field, that is. Well, what beasts are we talking about? If we go back to the creation in Genesis, we find the animals were created after their kind. That's the King James Version. But you cannot create something after its kind unless its kind already exists or existed. Well, what existed before the creation of the earth and the physical creatures? Well, Job 38 verses 4 through 7 tells us the sons of Yahweh, or, uh, or stars, sang for joy at the creation of the earth. Obviously, the angels were created long before the earth and its physical creatures, possibly millions of years. They are the angelic beasts of which the dragon was the craftiest. We'll investigate the shocking historical antics of these angelic beasts in a later chapter. But first, we'll look into an, an, the other bizarre tree called the Tree of Life, which Genesis 3 tells us Adam and Eve were told to freely partake. Unfortunately, they chose badly of the tree, the dragon and its ways, that brought them death versus immortality, i.e. life. <laughs> 